Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Yim Over Easy. We're broadcasting from our favorite spot in Columbus, Ohio, DK Diner. I am Drew Kelno, joined by Andy Little. We have a uh, fantastic guest here today, uh, Lee Hilkema. She is the longtime program director of our residency program, and she is kind enough to join uh, us. Let me just refresh. Program uh, coordinator. Man. Coordinator. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm not the director. That's an argument that most coordinators are equally as much as I think, directors. I think it was a very is. Freudian slip because the reality is you direct our program. And uh, uh, Bill Frazier, who's been on our program previously, is the figurehead <laughs> to the operation. And I think that he would not even be offended at no, the fact that we he, said that. He's, he's pretty open. When he the first when he first listens to this, he'll be nodding his head, yes, absolutely right. But yeah, yeah. Well, the, since you have evoked my name on a couple of previous episodes, I figured I should come on uh, to, to join you to, and to defend, defend myself. Yeah, yes. to, to defend yourself. Absolutely. And we, we as the residents and uh, faculty uh, at the hospital refer to Lee as Mama Lee. She truly is uh, our, our mom away from home, takes care of us. She uh, cracks the whip when she needs to and uh, is gentle when she needs to also. But we're not going to talk about residents. We're going to talk about medical students today and the application and interviewing process uh, to kind of get an idea of how to best sell yourself to the program. And you are truly an expert at this because you've been reviewing applications for gosh knows how long. Including Decades. recently just handing Andy and myself our applications when we applied to the program, which we got to look at for the first time. I still wonder how they chose me to come here, but it's all good. Well, I was wondering that, too, when I reviewed them last oh, night. <laughs> Hopefully what, that was for both of us, right? Not just yes. for Okay, all right. Okay. Uh, speak for yourself, speak my for friend. Yourself. Speak for yourself. Um, so before we get started, I, you know, from a medical student standpoint, I remember how, anx- how anxiety-provoking this process was. Um, and I thought it was, it was anxiety programs for, mul- for multiple reasons. One, because I felt that although my school had done an okay job of getting me ready, they didn't do a great job for me to understand the ins and outs of exactly what ARIS was. Um, I remember doing the ECOMIS when you apply to med school and the AEMC to apply to, to MD schools. And that was another big, big kind of hurdle at the time. It was a lot of work. Um, ARIS wasn't as tedious, except for the really important parts, which were for me, I struggled a lot with my personal statement, which Lee pointed out last night in text that. I broke some of her cardinal rules of my personal statement. Um, and then two, it was the getting the letters and making sure I was getting the right people to get letters. And so it was very anxiety provoking in that aspect. And then once you actually apply, it was literally like waiting for, like I literally was twiddling my thumbs with anxiety to hear from programs. It's the worst waiting game in the world. Yeah, yeah. By, by far different than medical school because medical school, they want to interview you early. They want to accept you early. They want to fill their classes they early. They want to get your deposit they early. They want to get your deposit so early. even if you go somewhere else, they still have your $5,000. Yeah. And I would also add to that in terms of medical schools, uh, there's a lot of medical schools. They have a lot of slots. They keep expanding them to... Uh, try to keep up with the demand for physicians and unfortunately the GME slots uh, have not expanded at the same rate so the competition is getting higher and higher as the um, the pool that you're playing in gets smaller and smaller well at least that's true for the specialty slots I think if if you want to do primary care medicine there's probably enough slots out there right now although that might even be changing coming down the road but when you're talking about specialty applications yeah. particularly emergency medicine the emergency medicine expansion has you know is nothing compared to what the medical school class expansion is and you can't tell me that the percentage of people interested in emergency medicine is going down if anything it's, it's, it's going, going up yeah. um, no, and true. so that's why we've become more and more competitive and, and students know that and it's terrifying yeah. to them yeah absolutely terrifying to them yeah the other, the other challenge uh, for students is not only 
the, the, the people that want to do emergency medicine as their specialty. They're also competing with the students that are applying to emergency medicine as kind of their backup plan. Yeah. Um, so it is the challenge of the program to weed through the applications to find to out the lines, who is truly, truly wanting to do emergency medicine. Yeah. Well, I can usually tell when everybody's uh, letter of recommendation is coming from an anesthesiologist, not an emergency medicine physician. That's a that's clue number one that uh, it's a backup plan. Yeah. And I don't do very well being the backup plan. I find it yeah. to be somewhat insulting. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Um, I agree. So... And, and what else, when you were doing the application, you were a year ahead of me in this yeah. process. I, I remember being absolutely terrified. But can, yeah. can you think of anything in particular that was like the most daunting, whether it was the application or maybe the interview audition trail? I, I would say probably the most daunting thing was interview audition trail. Um, for those of you listening before, I do have two kids. And at the time, you know. You have, you have three now. Well, I have three. Just, I guess I, wanna, I, just, sorry. I, I know I know counting is difficult. <laughs> yeah. But there's so, three. So I have three. I had two at the time that all this was going on. Um, we had a, at, at the time, my son was four and my daughter was. Um, was one and a half and that was really hard it was daunting to say July 1st I will see you in December to my wife and kids as I left and we would occasionally see each other kind of crossing in paths as I would come home to do my laundry and then jet off to another hospital to rotate um, and it was hard you know I, I remember I, uh, I missed my daughter's uh, first step I missed her first word and those are things that you just have to know going into this process that are going to be rough and know that you're not the only one doing it there are other people who have done it before it is possible um, it's a lot better now because now with Skype and Google Chat and video conferencing, that's a, de- a definite technology that I would, at the time did not have, or at least I didn't have the technology to utilize it that I would use now. Um, and then as far as interviewing, interviewing for residency I found to be significantly different than medical school. You know, medical school, it was definitely more of there's a reason why you want me. It was definitely um, they, they had pre-selected me. Um, to go there to interview because they there was something that they wanted out of me and I didn't really get that vibe in residency. It was yeah, definitely it's more of a hashtag money. <laughs> um, but you, don't, you, you pay to go to medical school. You're not I paying know, I to guess go to that's residency. True. I've been um, meaning to talk to you. you about the check. Your checks that you guys wrote to me have bounced. Oh, they have bounced. Yeah, I need to. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm that. in now. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you ain't getting that money. Well, um, with residency, it was definitely more daunting because I definitely felt like you know. Every time I went to a residency, whether you like it or not, you saw the next person next to you as, I'm going to get this spot and you're not. You, we, uh, we've talked on previous podcasts about uh, selling yourself, yeah. having a brand for yourself, selling yeah. a product. And, and you talk about needing a product and selling yeah. a product. That is what interviewing yeah. for yeah. residency, residency is, is. You are you have a very small period of time to put on your application, and then if you get invited to an interview, sell yourself to that program. Yeah. And, you know, for for. Us now and many programs out there, you're talking about 500 to 1,000 applicants that you were trying to sell yourself better than yeah. and for maybe 8 to 12, 16 slots. So yeah. we, I think that is the point at which we need your advice on how to get students to the residencies that they want. Well, I, and, and before I answer that question, uh, I think the challenge is even greater for the uh, medical students that are applying uh, to residence, residencies and residents that are applying to fellowships uh, have that you guys didn't have, and that is now ARIS is completely online and everything is searchable. So programs have the ability to put in filters for a lot of different and things, filter yeah. out a very sp- specific quality that they're looking for. Thank goodness that didn't exist when I was applying. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's how we got through the cracks. That's yeah, the only thing I say is the filters were not in place. Uh, absolutely, Swiss cheese model. And yeah. so, <laughs> you know, for a lot of programs, they really do not read every application. Yeah. Uh, whereas 
you know, years ago when I first started, we had to yeah. uh, because because you didn't have this this filtering process. The first recommendation that that I would make to uh, anyone that is applying through ERIS is first and foremost use the tools that are out there yeah. uh, when getting started. ERIS has a guidebook that tells you how to fill out the application and what's going to happen to it. What uh, are the requirements of the the system itself? Uh, for example, they'll tell you exactly what type of format they want your picture in and what are the dimensions. Because if you don't, you don't like prom pictures, <laughs> no, you don't like the ones of them like laying across a board or that have been cropped or that they fall out of the dimensions so that when I, I see them, they get distorted. I really like the drunk party picture that you've managed to just crop everything out that Looks makes you think it's, it's a party and that you're you know doing something you shouldn't be doing. But but the reality is we all know. Yeah. Those are actually my favorite pictures because I <laughs> chuckle, I laugh, I hit delete on the application. Yeah, I give them a thumbs down. It's like, and thumbs down. Uh, but we digress. Yeah. So, um, yes, we do. The other thing is, it, before getting started and starting to fill out the online application, Eris actually provides you with a worksheet that you can do, have it in front of you and, and work out all the, the particulars and, and collect all the information in advance so that you're prepared before you actually log on and start entering the data. Um, that, though, you can don't have to do it all in, in one sitting because each section of Eris will save as you go along. It is helpful to be prepared uh, before you even start the whole process. Yeah, know, know the rules of the game. Yeah, understand them. Uh, the other thing is use the checklist. Eris yeah. is, has the, the list of everything that you're going to need, what are the timelines, yeah. what you should be paying attention to. Uh, so they, they kind of give you the roadmap on how to fill it out. Now, in terms of what information that is being put in uh, to the application, one of the biggest recommendations that I would make is keep your reader in mind. Yeah. Um, for one thing, as we've been talking, programs are getting thousands of applications. Um, so we have to be able to scan through them pretty quickly to pick out what it is that we are particularly wanting. Um, so don't fill up your application with a lot of unnecessary words. Use bullet points. Uh, you know, don't, if, if there's a section, for example, in the experience where it asks you, you know, reason for leaving, if it's self-explanatory like you were uh, on the medical team for a fun run, you don't need to tell me about in the reason for leaving that the run was the over. Event, event concluded and so I moved on to something else. That is self-explanatory. Don't yeah. make me read that. Um, you know, make the process for me as the reviewer uh, easier. Uh, make my job easier. I'm going to like you more <laughs> if you yeah. if, if I can see that you actually put an effort into it. Well, Lee, I think you bring up a good point because something I notice on when I'm reviewing applications uh, that there are applications where there's just too much. 
Yeah. And so the important things get completely lost out because every single thing they ever volunteered for since, you know, being a three-year-old is listed under volunteer experience. And at yeah. some point, I look at a list of 20 things and I go, I don't care anymore because yeah. I don't have the energy yeah. to or, – or the time, to be honest with you. And, and time is a major issue for people reviewing applications because yeah. we're reviewing so many yeah. to read through everything. So if you want me to really know about you, you need to highlight the couple things that are really important that set you apart. Yeah. And don't worry about the rest because that – I volunteered in the medical tent for three hours at a fun run really doesn't, I mean, for, doesn't and, and tell me this much. is a personal thing. Yeah. Disclaimer, me personally, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy you did it. It's, it's great, but that's not going to set you apart from anybody. On the other hand, uh, I would also suggest that the applicants need to give themselves credit for what they what did. What they've done. Don't sell yourself short. Absolutely. Yeah, one of the, one of the th- things, for example, that, that I, I've noticed, because I, I do work with uh, students on their individual applications and, and, and do review their CVs, do review their applications and their personal statements and, and give them advice. One of the things that, you know, I'll, I'll look at under awards and I'll see that there's no awards for service. And I know all the medical schools have something like that but then I'll look at their volunteer work and there's a lot of it and it's like I know you were uh, acknowledged for this put down the service award you have the silver the gold whatever it is that already tells me that you are putting an effort into extracurricular activities whether or not I read through all of them or not I know that you did them yeah but but that's kind of the those kinds of things are the catch-all for all those little things that you do that Really, it's about hours and commitment to service and not about the individual service. So yeah. you say, I got the award, which comes with you know 500 hours or 700 hours or whatever it is, and then I don't need to see the rest. I, I can just know that you put in the effort yeah. to, to do the things that matter and that yeah. are important. So yeah. I, I think that's that's a good way to approach yeah. it. Because yeah. th- there is, there's there's an issue of you want everything there that's important, but you don't want to clutter the application so that the important things have a chance to, to, shine, to shine and stand yeah. out and set you apart. Yeah. Um, the cluttered application is uh, is the worst application, even even for the best applicant, yeah. if that makes any sense. No, it, it, as reviewing applications now as a as a faculty member, it's I spend a couple hours a week. I set one night aside. I look at applications, and I I have been bogged down by looking at good applicants, but just trying to make sure I'm thorough. So we're now having done you know uh, about 50 or 60. Um, it's where now I know exactly where I, I I look for Lee's little notes of oh they got the touch award. I look for Sigma Sigma Phi. I look for like the the, the honors that they get, and then if occasionally super smart there's nothing person. else there, that's yeah. what that's like, oh, for. Super by smart the way. person. Look at their letters. Sigma Sigma um, Phi. Yeah. And so, although I, again, you want to highlight, you don't sh- sell yourself short. You don't want to oversell yourself because um, that can that can get out of hand. So, Lee, what's the next tip? What what do you got next for us? Well, along the the same lines, yeah. of, in terms of uh, keeping your reader in mind, is don't use abbreviations. Yeah. Um, one of the things... This is true for everything in life. Absolutely. Um, if, if it's not a widely established abbreviation that everyone's going to know, don't use it. Because yeah. I can't tell you how many things in the medical world are abbreviated that I, go, I have no idea what that is. Yeah. Nurses abbreviate things. Physicians abbreviate things. Students abbreviate things. And it's not a common abbreviation. Yeah. And, and we go, huh? Yeah. Or it is it's something that uh, is local to a school, such as a, a club yeah. uh, of some sort. And even though I have, you know, I know most of them, there's new ones popping up all the time, and I'm always Googling yeah. you have <laughs> what more it than, stands for. You have more this? than 140 characters. This is not a tweet. Yeah. You can actually, like, spell things out. Uh, and it's also helpful. Although, uh, going back to the previous comment, maybe 140 characters is what you should keep your explanations yeah. to. But Ooh, I like that. Tweet your explanations. The explanations, nice. yes. 
the entry of what it is. Uh, the title, yeah. No. That you should not. The, the other reason for that is it helps in terms of programs building filters. They're looking for, for specific keywords. keywords, so you want to spell them all out. Yeah, sure. Um, and so uh, that is one of the, the, the takeaway points. So I think we've kind of uh, beat, uh, that beat, one. beat this beat that horse. <laughs> yeah. Beat that horse. Um, the third uh, area that um, I would suggest um, keeping in mind is um, to not to present yourself as to who you are, and try not to overstate. Uh, you know, some of your experiences don't. Uh, you know, if, if you were you had a job as a paper boy. I don't want to hear that you were in the newspaper delivery system, um, which is one I saw uh, this year. Uh, I know what that is. Yeah, yeah. if you're a paper boy, you're a paper boy. That's that's great. Yeah. No, we, but everybody has a special fancy term these days. I mean, it's just kind of the way society has gone. We, yeah, you know, but we, but I want to know what. I want to get down to the nitty-gritty. When I'm reading somebody's application, I want to get a feel for what, not only what their experiences that were that brought them to this point, but also the types of things that they hold dear. What 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 is their particular uh, emphasis in, in 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 terms of their own priorities yeah. and where they want to uh, spend their time. What you know, what got them to this point, and particularly for emergency medicine, um, because you guys are in, in a specialty in which you are really dealing with a cross section of humanity, yeah. and you're doing it all at once. You're not just seeing one patient at a time; yeah. you're seeing ten patients at a time. Yeah. And so, when I'm reviewing applications, I'm looking for someone that that has had a broad away array of experiences and can show me that they can switch gears and feel comfortable in a multitude of different settings Um, and that is what needs to come across on on the I was just about to say on on the white piece of paper but now it's all electronic it's all digital but Um, it it still shows up as a white piece of paper for us when you print it out yes yeah yeah (laughs) so this goes along with something that Andy and I have and Tanner, uh, who is uh, should be on an airplane to Orlando, Florida right now for a birthday vacation, so that's yeah. why he's not joining us yeah. today. But uh, we've talked about on previous episodes where you you want to sell yourself to us, explain what it is that makes you good for emergency medicine, but at the same time, don't tell us about emergency yeah. medicine. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Because that we are, drives me nuts. We know what emergency medicine is. We do it yeah. every day. That is our life. Yeah. Um, what I want to know is why you are going to be a good fit for it, not yeah. why... It's a good fit for you or vice versa. Well, well, I guess okay that, 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 that's a two-way I just don't need yeah. you to define what it is. Yeah. Emergency me. medicine is, and you're like, oh, I have to. Admit, I haven't read personal statements this year. I as soon as that is the first line, I'm like, oh, I'm just not going to read this, right? Because um, that's just a hard statement to come back from, and it's one that again, we all know what it is. I do it every day, um, and so the I guess the next the next thought is is that how do we take the application and apply that to interviews? And I guess that's one thing that one to go back is I didn't realize maybe I maybe I was naive in the process of what was in my application would actually come up in the interview process. Yes. I that literally thought that there were read it? I was I literally thought there were things that oh nobody's going to read this. I'll put that down there. But then they would come up um, in the interviews. And I guess from your perspective, what are the and even Drew cuz you've done some interviews, what are what are the things that you are Dr. going Excuse me, how many interviews have you sat in on? I've sat Dr. in zero. I've sat in zero. That's why I said you've done some and I've done none. That's Thank you. The, yeah. I just want to I just want to be clear about this process. Wow, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so, uh, and so, what are the things that people are gonna know? Like, here are the common things we're gonna pull from um, to, during the interview process. What well, things that people are gonna clear? Be like, oh, I see you did this, and they're gonna want an explanation for it. What so, are those things? So let's take this a step further, because yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. So you just handed us our applications. You looked over them again last night. Yes, I did. We can make this personal. We can. Let's make it real, Lee. What in our applications would come up in an interview, and give us the highs and the lows, so we can kind of let let the people that are putting them together know this is what makes or breaks or helps or hurts well i will start with the highs um and that by the way this is not us trying to pat ourselves on the back here this is truly supposed to be an educational experience oh absolutely and 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 to be frank both of you had highs and lows and he made a comment uh, that i had texted him last night about some of the issues in his application um and everybody has highs and lows. So I'm not going to, what I'm saying is not aimed at any one particular candidate, aimed at you guys, um, but it's something that is consistent because nobody has the perfect application. And those that come close to having the perfect application, when I read them, I'm like, this is just too good. This can't be Where's- a real person. Um, and and that, uh, you know, if you go too far the other, you know, to the positive end, that can turn me off as a reader as well. Absolutely. Um, you, you need that dirty laundry, and where is it? Absolutely. I'm looking to find out who the person is, and we all have our strengths and weaknesses. But when I'm looking at an application, I, and, and what I think every program director will, will tell you, every application reviewer will tell you, it's number one, they're going to look for the board score. And I know this drives students uh, nuts uh, because because there's the board score in no way has a reflection on how a person is going to do in residency. It just is how they did on an exam. But the reason that it is used is twofold. Number one, it is the one part of the application that is common to everyone. Yeah. Um, every medical school has a different curriculum. Uh, every person has different experiences. The only thing that everybody has had to do was take that board. So that's why it's the jumping off point. Is it the end all be all? Absolutely not. So I, I, I don't want to make it uh, sound like that it is. It's just uh, a one marker that, that every program uses because uh, of the filtering capabilities. That's, that's the starting point. The second is that we do look at extracurricular activities. Has the student, has the applicant uh, done something above and beyond in some way? Whether it be excelling academically, uh, that is better than what the average uh, student does. Is it uh, participation in club activities, committee work, volunteer work? What is it that sets them apart from every other person that we are looking at? Um, The third thing uh, for me, and and, and there is a lot of disagreement on this, but this is just my own personal opinion because I do like the personal statement. Some yeah. people don't read them. I like the personal statement. I, I like them if they're good. Yeah, I like them if they're good. Yeah. They, they get literally two sentences to hook me, and if I'm not hooked, I don't finish, and if I'm hooked, I, I finish. I mean, that's my... But the reason I like it, it is the one part of the application in which the student 
Yeah, most of the application is very cookie cutter. Yeah. You know, this is my transcripts. <laughs> this is my experiences. This is my board scores. This is my dean letters and my letters yeah. recommendation. Uh, it is driven by other people uh, in, in terms of what's in that of application. The, content, yeah. um, the personal statement is the one part of the application where the student had to actually sit down and think about what they wanted, what to, they wanted to tell me about themselves. And how it's constructed, what they choose to do, that tells me a lot, not just what is in the statement itself, but how the person approached writing that personal statement. Yeah. Because I know it's agonizing. Yeah. It's not fun. Oh. Yeah. Here's a piece of paper. Write about yourself. Um, I, the, two, the two hardest times I've ever written anything was my personal statement to get to medical school um, and then residency. And those, just because... I don't know. I grew up in a home where self-praise was not something that we really did, and that's not right, wrong, or indifferent, but it's just the way I was raised. Mm -hmm. So those were always mom to praise me, so I don't have to do it myself. (laughs) You know, yeah. And so it was just one of those things where it was really hard to sit down and say, "Why? How do I sell myself to you other than what I know is going to be in here um, to prove to you?" Um, So yeah, no, I I I think that's probably you hit hit the nail on the head is that make your personal statement something that sells you, and really in terms of personal, make it personal. That's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a reflection of you. Give me something that I cannot find anywhere Anywhere else in the application. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that it has to be read like a novel. Yeah. Um, We're not all J.K. Rowling or Michael Crichton or somebody else, yeah. But just give me something uh, that uh, can uh, hook me uh, into who you are and why I should interview you. Yeah. Um, so th- those are the high points. Yeah. The low points of the application that, that program directors will also look at. Number one uh, is the section that says, did you have an interruption uh, in medical school? In medical school? Yeah. Or they also look, was there a failure on the boards? Um, I had a lot of interruptions in medical school. I would go skiing on good powder days uh, up in West Virginia. <laughs> Um, I did take a spring break one year and just didn't show up to class for a few How days. dare you? Uh, I still managed to pass everything, uh, barely in some courses, if I looked at my transcript again yeah. today. I was uh, reminded. But, I'm like, know. oh, that did happen. I, but, I, I'd forgotten about that. But I don't think those are the breaks you're talking about. Yeah. No. No. If we're looking at transcripts, uh, is, uh, in, in terms of is there a gap somewhere yeah. uh, in the training, that needs to be explained. Yeah. And just because there's a gap doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, it could be uh, that um, you know I, I took time off because I had surgery yeah. or uh, I did a fellowship or whatever. It yeah. just needs to be explained. Yeah. And just be perfectly honest about it. Yeah. You know, uh, if you had issues, fine, explain yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, again, nobody's perfect. Well, and as somebody who had an interruption in medical school, um, it was one of those things that when I, I explained it, I, I read, I actually read my explanation. I was like, oh, I actually explained that well to where it came up in interviews. People were more, they just wanted kind of the, the highlights of what happened rather than having to delve into the deepness of like why, what Absolutely. happened. Because um, I was just really honest about it. And I think that's when there is a mistake on when something happens, by all means, explain yourself because that way there's less for them to have to ask you. Um, and then it's it's out there. It shows them that you... At the end of the day, the program wants to make sure that you're going to be able to complete the program yeah. and be successful in emergency exactly. medicine because that's one of the ways the programs get graded and grade themselves is yeah. uh, you Do know, all of our successful completion and success on, on the emergency medicine board exams. Yeah. And so ultimately, at the end of the day, the questions I think that we have to answer ask ourselves is, is this person capable of making it through the program? Yeah. Are they capable of passing the tasks that require them 
that they are required to do to become a board-certified emergency medicine physician. And then, most importantly, I think, is is this somebody that we want to train in our program that we're interested in hanging out with and, and being part of our family? Yeah. No, it's completely but true. But all three of those, have you have to be able to say yes to all three of those. Yeah. If, if it's no to any one of those questions, then that's it. Game over. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, again, going back to the not only the section on the application of medical school interruption, but that's also where and the personal statement comes in. You can also explain some situations and, and not dwell on it significantly just say yeah this happened this is how i did uh, dealt with it i've moved on yeah uh and that's the resilience uh is what we're uh trying to uh, get at here i think is a a good word to use uh you know how did you move past it and move on with your life yeah and that was something as an applicant i was really worried about well how was i going to explain my interruption how but when i talked in all my interviews they were everybody was like wow congrats like it was more like you did really you figured this out and we and they they saw that as a strength rather than a weakness. Where I literally went in thinking, this is going to be the reason that they don't want to take me. Right. Uh, and, when and, it actually and flipped the script. You can say that with a lot of things. You, you know, yeah. people people will make it into emergency medicine that, that fail boards the first time they take it, and the second time they take it, they rock it, and then they go yeah. to step two and they rock it. Yeah. And and that shows that you assessed an issue, you figured out the situation, and you persevered to make it work for you. And and those yeah. situations, okay, it's the person that. You know, doesn't pass the first time, doesn't pass the second time, barely passes the third time. That then there's going to be red flags because ultimately you might be an awesome emergency medicine physician, but are you going to be board certified? Can yeah. you pass that certification test? Yeah. And there's going to be concerns. Yeah. Exactly. So we have to ask and, and, and truthfully, uh, I, I didn't get to the second point when we were talking about board scores. That is one of the uh, the matrix uh, points that are are used. Uh, by institutions when they're judging the eff- effectiveness of, uh, of their, their program. training programs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and though, again, it doesn't, it's not a determination of whether or not you're going to be a good resident uh, or that you have a good program. The institutions want to make sure that the person that they're bringing in to the program and the person that they're graduating is going to ultimately be successful in passing that certification yeah. exam. Yeah. Yeah. We don't like it in a lot of situations. I am a not a fan of tests at all. Probably that's because I don't do well on written yeah. tests. Um, but it's a reality of medicine. It's a reality of residency. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's not going anywhere. So that's got to be part of the process. Yeah. Nope. Lee, I think that is an amazing uh, rundown. Yeah. You let us off the hook completely and did not personally bash or promote our applications. Any, any parting shots you want to take at us or, or last-minute advice to our listeners? A couple of different things, uh, actually two pieces of advice. Before submitting the application, have someone read it. Yeah. Uh, proof, not only in terms of proofreading it for check. spell check, but also read it for content and how you, how you come across. And I'd recommend not only you know just having somebody you know read it, but ask somebody that's in the business. Yeah. Uh, that has some detachment. There's a lot of us out there that'd be more than happy to take a look. Uh, don't be afraid to ask. The second thing is everything that you put in the application, make sure that you print a copy or save a copy um, because at the end of the application uh, season, Eris dumps all data. So you can't go back and re- retrieve it after uh, May 31st. So uh, I had a call this week, as a matter of fact, uh, from a student we interviewed last year, and he's reapplying to programs this year. Um, and 
he didn't have any of his data, and he yeah. said, "Oh, Lee keeps everything." Well, no, no, no I don't. Yep, yep. Um, I don't gone. have the file space anymore. But um, we know that she keeps her current residence applications, <laughs> and she prints them out because she has both of ours that she handed to us today. Indeed. So I, I do want to make a couple closing comments. One of the things that um, we want to be able to do for all our listeners is provide them some resources as to yeah. where to actually get someone to give you good information. We think that we have good information yeah. here. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think we do. Um, but there's I, other great places. There's too. some other great places. Andy, what are, Andy Lee, what are some great places that students can go to for resources? Um, Academic Life and Emergency Medicine has a really good series out um, right now. It's uh, kind of led by Mike Asandi out of Northwestern, and they do a monthly chat about applications. Um, and so that's actually on their website. It's called the med, it's just the Med Student Series. Um, there's five or six now, 10 to 20 minute uh, quick talks. And then, of course, you can just go to ARIS. Like, I, I, I think when I was a student, the ARIS um, frequently asked questions page is kind of where I went to as my go-to huge. for information. It was absolutely um, huge. And that's, and that's just go to ARIS.com and then go frequently ask questions. Also, um, program websites. Yeah. Definitely go there because a lot of them will have uh, not only information about the individual programs, but like ours does, we actually have an FAQ on the application process. Yeah. Uh, and what we're looking for in applicants and what our timelines are. Um, so do your homework. Yeah. And I think the final resource is right here in this podcast. Uh, so yeah. look us up at EM Over Easy. Um, you can search and, and get to our uh, blog site. And while we are part of all the same residency program, I say this uh, every week when we do interviews, and I think everybody here believes that our goal is to get people to the place that they belong and that they want to be. If it happens to be our program, fantastic. If it's somewhere else, that's absolutely fine too. I know that we're going to get awesome residents regardless who they are. And what I want is for everybody to find the right place for them. So we are happy to uh, get comments on our website and help you get to the place that you want to be regardless of where that is. And if nothing else, help point you in the directions for the the right material. So reach out to us at EM Over Easy and uh, Andy Tanner or I will get back to you. And if it's a question for Lee, we'll get that to her and get back to you as well. So Lee, thank you so much for joining us. This was great. We'll find some more sessions with you uh, in the future. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks, guys.